My name is Phil Stinson, and I'm a professor in the criminal justice program at Bowling Green State University. Today I'm going to speak in my role as the principal investigator in a multi-year research study funded by the National Institute of Justice at the U.S. Department of Justice. Every six months, as a condition of our grant funding, we're required to file a semi-annual research performance progress report with NIJ. I'd like to share our most recent report with you in this podcast episode. This report is for the period January through June 2013. And in the report, there are a number of mandatory reporting categories. The first is to speak to our accomplishments. In other words, what was done and what was learned during the reporting period. The purpose of this research project is to promote police integrity by gaining a better understanding of police crime and agency responses to officer arrests. The study provides a wealth of data on a phenomena that relates directly to police integrity, data that police executives have not previously had access to because this information did not exist in any usable format. In the previous reporting period, which was for July through December 2012, we substantially completed tasks 1 through 6 on our project timeline, task 7, which was 15% complete, and task 11 was ongoing at that time. We've since revised the project timeline, effective July 3, 2013, and that was in conjunction with filing requests for a six-month no-cost extension to complete the research project. Under the revised project timeline, tasks 1 through 4 are now 100% complete, task 5 is 95% complete, task 6 is 75% complete, task 7 is 86% complete, task 10 is 82% complete, task 11 is ongoing, and task 12 is 15% complete. There are a number of tasks that have not yet been undertaken, and they are on our revised project timeline, tasks 8, 9, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Now, while I don't have time in this podcast episode to go through what each of these tasks are, if you contact me, I'd be happy to share a copy of the project timeline as it's been revised. As of the close of business on June 30th, 2013, a total of 8,154 police crime arrest cases involving 6,853 individual officers have been logged into our integrated relational and digital imaging database. The arrested officers were employed by 2,903 non-federal law enforcement agencies in 1,339 counties and independent cities in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Of these, 6,658 cases involved 5,552 individual officers arrested for one or more crimes during the time period January 1, 2005 through December 31, 2011. And that's the major research area that we're focusing on in this project, which are arrest cases of police officers in 2005 through 2011. In addition to those cases, we've also logged in 1,073 arrest cases for officers who were arrested during the year 2012, and 423 arrest cases were logged in for officers who've been arrested in 2013. Prior to January 1, 2013, there were 7,383 police crime arrest cases involving 6,317 individual sworn officers that had been previously logged into our database. Thus, during this reporting period, we added 771 new police crime arrest cases and 536 more sworn officers who were arrested to our database. And that includes 221 new cases involving 72 individual officers who were arrested during the study years of 2005 through 2011. 
So in summary, during this reporting period, we expanded our database of known police crime arrest cases by 9.4% overall, which is an increase of 3.3% for the study years 2005 through 2011 arrest cases. We continue to make enhancements to our project database, which utilizes an enterprise-level content management system developed by Highland Software called OnBase. Our project database includes several different components, a digital imaging database with full-text OCR search capabilities, a relational database, and a video file database. The integrated relational and digital imaging database include electronic case login procedures that allows us to structure and search data in different ways for content analyses. During this reporting period, we continued software integration with the project database. We deployed a PC-based on-screen coding instrument using a customized IBM SPSS data collection data entry module known as Interviewer. The new coding instrument system pulls information from our relational database into the on-screen coding instrument for each case to be coded, thus reducing coder duplication of effort and potential for coding errors. Beta testing and training of our new IBM SPSS coding instrument module was completed in February 2013, and the product was fully deployed for our project in March 2013. We also added a new news media video library database, and we deployed a customized video document import processor, which we call a DIP, to electronically import and index video MP4 files that are cross-referenced with our enhanced relational database. The addition of our videos file database allows us to triangulate data obtained from television news stories as a supplement to our other database libraries and documents. We occasionally encounter programming and other technology-related problems. In the previous reporting period, we had successfully implemented a customized DIP, that is a document import processor, to electronically import and index federal court PACER records, those are records from the public assets, the court's electronic record system, into our on-base project database. The PACER DIP ceased to operate several months ago, and we're now awaiting a fix for a computer programming issue from our university's ITS department. The digital imaging database now includes 169,315 scanned pages of digital images, consisting of 16,863 TIFF case document files, 15,509 TIFF coding sheet document files, and 5,135 PDF PACER document files. Of these, 17,309 pages were added since January 1, 2013, consisting of 3,681 case document files and 4,127 coding sheet document files, as well as three PACER document files. The PACER files consist of 69,855 pages of federal court docket sheets, pleadings, court records, and other docket entries. Additional PACER files are currently in queue to be electronically imported and indexed in our on-base project database using our customized automated PACER DIP when it is repaired. The new video database currently includes 868 news media MP4 video files. In sum, our enhanced content management system database currently includes more than 170,000 pages of news articles, court records, news videos, and coding sheets that document the criminal arrests of more than 6,850 police officers since the beginning of 2005. The arrested officers were employed by non-federal, uh, that is state, local, special, and tribal law enforcement agencies in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. During this reporting period, we continue to learn that training and routine periodic training 
of our graduate research assistants, and also the process of coding the content of case file records is more time-consuming and slower than we anticipated when we developed the original project timeline. Crucial to completion of the remaining project tasks is the recent implementation of our PC-based coding instrument that replaced our paper-based coding sheets in March 2013. Currently, the project timeline tasks are three to six months behind our original project timeline schedule. We recently filed a request with NIJ for a one-time six-month no-cost extension, and we also filed with that our revised project timeline for the numerous project tasks. In terms of the goals of the project, there are three major goals. The first goal of the research is to determine the nature and extent of police crime in the United States. The second goal is to determine what factors influence how a police organization responds to arrests of its officers. The third and final goal of the research is to foster police integrity by exploring whether police crime and officer arrests correlate with other forms of police misconduct. We've been able to disseminate our research findings to a number of communities of interest. We've written and published numerous referee journal articles, magazine articles, and research briefs. We also maintain a project website and a blog, and we produce monthly audio podcasts that's available on iTunes. In an effort to include outreach activities to reach members of communities of interest who normally wouldn't read our research articles, we've published two recent research brief articles reporting our findings in Police Chief Magazine, a practitioner-oriented magazine published by the International Association of Chiefs of Police. A third research brief article in Police Chief is forthcoming later this year. We also make PDF copies of one-sheet research briefs explaining our research studies and findings available on our website and that's available at www.bgsu.edu forward slash police integrity lost. And we post timely project-related entries on our blog at blogs.bgsu.edu forward slash PIL project. Additionally, we distribute audio podcasts in iTunes where we discuss these research projects, studies, and related findings. The web analytic reports for the Police Integrity Laws Project blog indicate that for the time period January 1, 2013 through June 30, 2013, there were 564 unique visitors to the blog. Traffic to the blog was primarily from the United States, about 89.9%, where visitors to the blog were located in 128 cities in 37 states and the District of Columbia. There were also visitors to the blog from 22 foreign countries, which were the Philippines, Canada, the United Kingdom, Jordan, Australia, Brazil, Germany, France, Japan, the Netherlands, Chile, Ethiopia, Croatia, Hungary, Indonesia, India, Maldives, Nepal, and South Africa. Traffic to the blog included direct traffic, which was 58.7% of the traffic, search traffic, which consisted of 31.9% of all traffic, and referral traffic, which consisted of 9.4% of all traffic. The Police Integrity Loss podcast is available on iTunes domestically as well as internationally, and interested persons can stream, download, and or subscribe to the podcast audio files directly from the iTunes client application. Web analytics for the iTunes podcast episodes indicate that for this reporting period, there were 609 MP3 file hits, indicating that there were 619 instances when someone either streamed, that is listened to, all or part of one of our podcast episodes and or downloaded mp3 audio files. Of those hits, the largest number of requests directed to our podcast server to stream and or download the mp3 audio files during this reporting period 
was 132 hits for the Drunk Driving Cops podcast episode, which was podcast episode 9, and 95 hits for our Using a Content Management System podcast episode, which was episode number 10. The web analytic reports, however, for the iTunes podcast episodes are incomplete and or missing for reasons unknown for January and February 2013. So next, what do we plan to accomplish during the next reporting period in order to reach our goals? And that reporting period is July through December 2013. Currently, two research papers are under review for publication consideration at Referee Journals. One of those is a study on the nature of crime by school resource officers, and the second paper currently under review is a study exploring crime by police women. We are now working on three research papers studying police sexual misconduct arrests. The first is an overview exploring police sexual misconduct arrests during the years 2005 through 2007 at non-federal law enforcement agencies across the United States and we have 548 cases in that study. The second paper is a study focusing on the victims of police sexual misconduct arrests during the years 2005 through 2008, and we have about 800 cases in that study. The third paper, which we have not yet started, will be a study of police sexual misconduct arrest cases involving acts of police sexual violence, and that will include arrests during the years 2005 through 2011 if time permits, during the next reporting period, and if not, as soon thereafter as possible. We'll also start working on four additional research studies, and they are respectively uh, one that explores the relationship between police crime arrests and officers named as party defendants in federal civil courts actions with claims arising out of 42 U.S.C. 1983, a second study on police officers arrested for official misconduct crimes, a third study of police officers arrested for off-duty bizarre violence involving firearms, and a fourth study exploring sentencing of police officers who've been convicted of crimes. We'll be presenting our research findings at two national conferences during the next reporting period. In late July, I'll be speaking at the American Psychological Conference in Honolulu, presenting our research findings from this study, and in November 2013 at the annual conference of the American Society of Criminology in Atlanta. During the next reporting period, we'll also continue to produce our monthly podcast episodes and we'll disseminate research briefs on various studies as they're completed. The project website and the project blog will also be updated with our new postings periodically. The next area of the report includes products. In other words, what have we produced? The project to date has produced three peer-reviewed journal articles, two research brief magazine articles, six one-sheet research briefs, 12 MP3 audio podcast episodes, and eight research presentations. In terms of problems and changes we've had to make, earlier this month we filed a request with NIJ for a six-month no-cost extension to complete the project. The extension is necessary to complete the project because it has taken longer than we anticipated to complete the content analysis component of the research. As I mentioned a little while ago, earlier this year we deployed a customized computer-based coding instrument to replace our paper-based coding sheets previously used in the project. The new coding instrument software will allow us to proceed with our coding more efficiently, and it's allowed us to work with greater speed and reliability moving forward. We anticipate that we will have substantially completed the coding of content and the entry of data into our master data set before the end of August 2013 or soon thereafter. During September through December 2013, we'll be conducting final PACER searches, finding supplemental information to reduce missing data in the master data set, performing inter-rater coder reliability assessments, and conducting statistical analyses of the data. 
During January through March 2014, we will continue the statistical analyses and continue our drafting of the final technical report for submission to NIJ on or before the end of March 2014. Although this episode of our podcast is different than our previous episodes in this series, I think it's important to share with listeners the research performance progress report information that we file every six months with NIJ. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about our research, please go to www.bgsu.edu forward slash police integrity lost. This project was supported by award number 2011-IJ-CX-0024 awarded by the National Institute of Justice, Office of Justice Programs at the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, and conclusions or recommendations expressed in this podcast are those of the author and do not necessarily reflect those of the Department of Justice.